Rock and Roll. How's it going? Oh, you know, we we out here killing the game, as they say. Is that what they say? I don't know. What does that mean? I don't know. It means I, I'm cool, because I said it. Hmm. Killing the just game. Like, just like smoking cigarettes, you know? Makes it cool. <laughs> just like Joe Camel. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's, that's what I got out of, out of my dare education. Man, that's a cool camel. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got sunglasses on. You gotta be cool to have, or gotta have sunglasses to be cool. And you have to be cool to have sunglasses on. That's why they make you cool. Ah. (laughs) Killing the game. I still can't tell if that's anything. I don't know, like, I don't know. Huh. Well, okay, so, uh, I feel like there's, there's one, there's two ways that you could think of this, right? Something like a board game, I feel like it might be easier. Than a game that mm-hmm. is that has fewer, it, that's harder to put in a box, both literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. Like I could kill the game of Monopoly with fire, probably. <laughs> I I think it's more like killing, as in like doing real good, just like how like sick is really cool and doing real good. Oh, I think. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I don't know Maybe you should ask your following on TikTok They probably know Like I got TikTok <laughs> That's that's the uh, That's the new social media That this podcast can thrive on I think <laughs> Just clips of our stupid BS Would probably do pretty well on TikTok actually With, with just our logo Like spinning and flipping and stuff maybe if we had someone we hired someone who's one of those like sign flipper people (laughs) with like a sign with our logo on it there we go there we go that would be awesome i think i think it's worth the investment put people out on street corners it would uh put the uh onus off of you to uh, explain to people what it is this podcast is whenever they ask you Mm -hmm. i think it would go great oh yeah yeah Mm. Mm. Uh, well anyway how was your thanksgiving it was pretty what'd you end up doing pretty pretty dope had some had some food chilled with some parents and yeah how about you it was also really good well we got a bit of a late start but everything happened pretty much on time which was nice um we got stuffing going right away in the morning aaron baked a loaf of bread uh, we had microwaved mashed potatoes and uh, frozen green beans, but those turned out as fine as you would expect, which is totally serviceable, you know, like who mm-hmm. needs anything more? And then I made the steaks on the grill, or not on the grill, on the stove, and they were by far the best steaks I've made, I think, ever. Noise. Yeah. I just, it, it was slightly different than I've done before, but I just trusted what this random internet recipe had told me to do in the same way that I trusted several others. Hmm. But I figured, you know, there's no reason to, it's not like I know any better. You know, clearly I've shown Mm -hmm. myself that I have no more information or ability to do this than some other arbitrary person on the internet who decides to write about it. So I just went with it and sure enough, it turned out really well. Hmm. Um, So I was really pleased with it. 
Um, yeah. Had some apple pie later in the evening. You're going to give me your secrets or? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know if you're interested. Yeah. So what I. Please give me your secrets. I am interested. Okay. Better? Yeah. Good. So what I did, I got some fancy ribeyes from Whole Foods. That, that specifically is not that important, but it is important that you get something like a ribeye that's going to be very thick. Mm. Right, so it's important that they're thick. I would guess that mm, it, ours were like at least an inch and a half, maybe two inches thick. Oh, snakies! Yeah, they're they were big steaks. Big boys. They were each like over sixteen ounces. <laughs> oh wow! We didn't finish them, boys. but it was good. Yeah. So what I did for each of them, I had a pan, just a just a normal pan, like. You know, everyone will say like, oh yeah, you should use cast iron. And like, there's a good reason for that. It'll stay hotter longer. But because we have an induction stove, it keeps it keeps the pan really hot very well. Mm. Uh, so we had it on a pretty low setting for an induction stove, but, or in terms of out of eight, it was on a two, but the induction stove makes things hot really, 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 really fast. So it's probably the equivalent of like setting it to, uh, I would guess, six or seven on an electric on like a typical electric stove okay either flat top or coil whatever or if you have a gas stove it doesn't really matter because gas just gets things hot and if you just leave it there long enough it'll be hot enough so let's say you wanted to uh, the, the same temperature that you put it on like a little higher than you would want to like cook an egg in okay right imagine like oh i wouldn't put it that high because i'd probably burn the egg right away or something that's how hot i had it probably mm-hmm. and then it was just season it with salt half an hour before you uh, put it on so take it out of the fridge season it all over with salt and just let it sit for half an hour Mm -hmm. out in the open and then heat up the pan so that it's like like you let the pan heat up for a couple minutes before you're ready to put the steaks on so that like if this pan has been used there's probably a little bit of smoke coming off of it Mm-hmm. Those are the exact words in the online recipe, and I nice. went ahead and did that. And then you just toss the steak on, set a timer, and every minute you flip it. Mm. And depending on how long, or how how well done you want it, you can just keep flipping it for longer. There's a certain level at like you probably have to turn the temperature down a little bit if you actually wanted to get it above medium, mm-hmm. because otherwise the the sides would probably end up getting like burnt or something. But we went for, I went for seven minutes total. So it was uh, mostly six minutes, like three minutes on each side, flipping each minute. And then the last minute or so, I tried to uh, um, sear the edges as well. Hello. Uh, just to kind of get that part of it. <laughs> and then halfway through, so you don't, I didn't put any oil or anything. I had a nonstick pan. Um, oh, so literally nothing in the pan. Oh. Oh. Hello? Back? Yeah. Back? Cool. Yeah. I heard oh, wow. Skype that sounds like a out. great method. <laughs> I'll continue. Um, so you uh, halfway, th- so you don't put anything in the pan to start, right? Like uh-huh. no oil, nothing. Just toss uh-huh. the steak in a completely boring pan with nothing in it. Halfway through, I added a big hunk of butter, like probably yeah, yeah. two tablespoons at least out of a stick of butter. Toss mm-hmm. that in the pan. Uh, we added some like minced garlic that we had. Mm-hmm. Threw that in, and then you just kind of you know move it around, baste it on top of the steak and stuff. You just kind of let it 
be there in the pan mm-hmm. as you continue to flip it for the last um, three or four minutes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I did that for each one, and it turned out like perfectly. It was great. Mm-hmm. So I was very, yeah, I was nice. very pleased with it, and it was actually pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, the downside of Aaron's small apartment is things get smoky in here very, very fast. Yeah. But the upside is Aaron has a fan in her windowsill, and if you just point it outside, it gets rid of the smoke very efficiently because <laughs> it's such a small space. <laughs> yeah, it can probably exchange all the air in the room in like a couple, like 30 <laughs> probably, seconds. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Perks of a small room. Yeah, so, so it was good. Well, I realized by the time we were eating was if it weren't for the stuffing, the meal that we were having would have just been like a steak dinner, like steak, mashed potatoes, and green beans. Yeah. But we just happened to have very heavily seasoned stuffing that had been cooking all day to actually make it like Thanksgiving. Like you have all the, you know, I had gone to the store the night before and gotten fresh herbs for the stuffing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was like a very, very pungent stuffing, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have lots of leftover stuffing because we put it in a six quart crock pot and it was basically full when we made it. Crashing <laughs> my stuffing for being too strong. No. Did the peanut gallery chime in? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Would the peanut gallery not uh, appreciate being called the peanut gallery? Uh, I, I think the peanut gallery will be okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, she was wondering if I was trashing her stuffing. Oh. No, I thought you were describing it quite beautifully. Thank you. No, it was, good. It was very good. I think for me it was a little strong, like the seasonings, but it tasted really good. Okay, now you're trashing the stuffing. I know. But mixed in with like the mashed potatoes and stuff, like it was really good. We have lots of leftover, so tomorrow we're going to have the rest of the leftover steak with stuffing for dinner. Nice. Yeah. Oh, so. I love leftover steak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on Saturday, Friday, Saturday, I don't remember Friday it would have been, we had steak and eggs for mm-hmm. breakfast, and that was really good. It, like this, this was also this is the other nice thing. Typically, the only time I have steak to reheat is when I'm at home in Minnesota, and we had something like a like a roast of some sort. Mm-hmm. And those that does not reheat in a pan super well because it's already mm-hmm. often kind of thinly sliced and a little dry and stuff. But here we had you know half of a 16 ounce steak that right before cooking I could um, you know slice up and throw in, and it was pretty fatty and everything. So like it was still very very tasty mm-hmm. um so that so that was really good so overall uh quite successful for our first kind of adult holiday because last year we did thanksgiving here alone but we went out to a restaurant mm-hmm. so this was our first like real go at it and it actually went really well aaron's bread was amazing she nice. made homemade bread for the stuffing and those two loaves were sort of like not like trial and error, because they would have been fine in their own right, but she was able to iterate quickly on those two loaves and figure out a pretty ideal way to actually get a good crusty loaf of bread mm-hmm. out of the third one. So it was, that was really good. That was probably one of my favorite parts was having that over just like dinner rolls from the grocery store or something, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is what I'm used to. <laughs> yeah. Sick, bro. Yeah, and then we followed up this this whole weekend. We were dog sitting for someone. Oh, uh, this uh, yeah. So Aaron had through one of the various, I think Rover is the app that she's used 
to find dog walking jobs. Uh, last year, she had taken care of this dog, Dexter, who was like a six-year-old King Charles Spaniel poodle mix. Mm-hmm. That's very sweet. And so this weekend, um, his owners were like had driven up to Tahoe for like a ski weekend or something. Oh. And they, like, cleaned out their apartment and everything, so we got to go stay in this pretty nice one-bedroom apartment all weekend with this super sweet dog. Like, mm-hmm. just a, just an absolutely adorable little dog who's just very cuddly and would get playful for, like, five or ten minutes and would kind of want to goof around and then would just kind of, like, curl up on the couch. It was super yeah. sweet. So, we had a good time. You're the worst, you evil person. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the entire weekend was Aaron trying to convince me that we need to get a dog the instant that we're living together, so. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so I got my fair share of it, too. <laughs> One of those. I'm not trying to put that on you, don't worry. <laughs> but you can talk to Aaron if you want to uh, fight against yourself. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't need any more convincing to get a dog like that. <laughs> I just need a moment of weakness. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I won't get into it, but... <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was nice. Ooh, it was. It was. Ooh, fun. There's drama. There's drama. No, there's there's no drama. There's definitely drama, but I'll no. I'll let it be. I'll let it no. be. Um. <laughs> but no, it was a good time. It it was nice to kind of have this little like, almost like a, I don't know. You could almost think of it as like a staycation of sorts because we were literally like a ten minute walk from Aaron's apartment. Mm-hmm. And Saturday we decided, you know, like. We've been now living in pretty close quarters in her apartment for a few weeks. And so most like the from like 11 to 4, we just kind of went out and did our own thing. She hung out with the dog and I went back to her apartment for a little bit and went on on walks and everything. Um, So it was nice. But it, yeah, it was just nice to have like a little change of scenery. The apartment was very nice. It had a very, the living room had a big picture window situation mm. overlooking the city towards the bay. Uh, that was super nice. So yeah, that was good. Fancy. Yeah. Living your bougiest life sounds like it. You know it. <laughs> Day daydreaming of uh our own version of that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Someday. Someday. Yeah. Ooh. So. It sounds like you've just had a been living a real jet setting life recently, Mark. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't even... it'll all come crashing down when I finally go retrieve my car from the student parking lot and have to pay like you know whatever one hundred fifty dollars to get it out. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> then, then reality will come back to me. But yeah, it'll come flooding also back. Also, just tomorrow in general, since I have to go back to work mm-hmm. because I took Friday off of work and half of Wednesday, so I just haven't worked now in uh, many days. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's okay that's life yeah particularly this we time all, of year we all gotta go back to work sometime mm-hmm. oh well we'll just pretend that doesn't have to happen i'm just gonna keep <laughs> pretending i don't have to go back that's a spirit until i'm like five minutes before i have to leave the, my house and then i'm just gonna be like oh crap that's right concentrate the- your feelings all in yeah. that moment because you then you just ha- are forced to experience them all at once rather than being able to drag them out and make all the other time more feelings full. I don't know. That doesn't just sound a little like a healthy worse. way to go about it. Even though the average is the same, the uh, experience may not be. Yeah, because cause the, the median isn't. 
Yeah, yeah. But what about the mode? I don't remember what the mode is. Is that the mode is mode? most frequent? So the mode oh, would yes. also probably be higher. Yeah, the mode is better too. Yeah. Er. Yeah. No, I'm cool. with you. That, that's pro- that's kind of how my brain treats most things. Honestly, it's like uh, some 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 semblance of total ignorance until my brain decides no now is the time to actually worry about this and then it's immediately beforehand (laughs) Mm -hmm. not with everything but with a lot of things so we have red and rover by brian bassett red and rover uh boy and his dog are are crouched down in the grass uh, trying to evade detection red is wearing some sort of hat or helmet and has binoculars in the first frame, looking down across the ground, suddenly they both look up, and Red exclaims, Criminy! We've been spotted! And we see uh, uh, probably some relatives of Red and Rover, or maybe just neighbors, uh, in uh, lounging about in their backyard with swimsuits on. And Red says, remember, give only your name, rank, and favorite cereal. As a woman sitting in a lawn chair says, Hi, Red. Hi, Rover. <laughs> Very nice. Yay. Criminy. That's a good word. I know. That, and you... that's, a ve- that's a very, like, old-fashioned word. It looks like saying hot dog. <laughs> yeah. You also said it in a quite wonderfully exclamatory fashion. Oh, well, thank you. I, I try to, uh, I try to uh, emulate your, as you would say, dynamic range. Ooh, ooh, dynamic range. (laughs) As you like to say it, and I like to call it uh, editing hell, but... (laughs) Okay. Okay, we're going to try to cut down the dynamic range. We're just going to be calm tonight. Uh, Okay, what are we talking about? Being we're talking about name, rank, and favorite cereals, I wanted you to definitively rank the... Four, I don't know what they're called, elementary mathematical operators. Oh. Hmm. From from like best like god tier operator to like for this podcast poo poo tier. Mm-hmm. So uh, so for the uninitiated, I believe Grant is talking about addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. Yes. And if you want to start throwing in other operators, I'm fine with that as long as you can at least explain to me what they mean. Oh, well, okay, I don't want to overcomplicate this, because there's, there's essentially, for all intents and purposes, an infinite number of operators that one could define. Well, yeah, but... So, I'll stick with those four at first, but I'm happy to expound on other mathematical operators if you happen to be interested. Okay. So, this is interesting. I'm going to go with... Addition as number one, mm. as top tier. Top tier. Because really, everything follows from there. In a sort of okay. standard educational sense, that's how it's often taught, is that you start with addition, because people are, you know, kids, that's like the most common thing, is you have one thing, you, you get another thing. Mm-hmm. That's like the most standard thing. It's easy to It's easy to think about. Unlike things like subtraction, you don't have to worry about things like breaking into groups and blah, 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 blah. Addition's pretty straightforward. It's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'll probably go with multiplication. 
but I don't know. I feel like I don't have as much of a horse in that race, but multiplication I find is more useful <laughs> mm-hmm. frequently. So addition I like as the top tier because of its mathematical importance. Multiplication is good because of its um, actual importance mm-hmm. in terms of you typically have to think a bit more about multiplication. Most people do. You you are more likely to reach a multiplication problem and think, oh, this is a multiplication problem, as opposed to when you just add numbers, you're not th- like kind of thinking, oh, I have to do addition. You just kind of do addition. I think most people are more comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Then I'll, I guess I'll go subtraction and then division. Mm-hmm. In terms of addition being the basis for everything, I don't think I completed that thought. All right, so multiplication is just repeated addition. Is That's typically how it's taught initially. Mm-hmm. And to a certain extent, that's true. And then subtraction is not is just another name for adding the negation of a number. So subtraction is like mm-hmm. an operation, but like who cares? Because all you're doing is adding the opposite of the number you're like you're subtracting, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever. And then division is quote unquote repeated subtraction with some asterisks on that. But you know, it's just kind of it is what it is. It's useful, but. If I'm going to rank it, that's how I'm going to rank them, I think. So division's poo-poo tier. Yeah, if I mean, if I have to, like, label them, like, if I'm forced to label them in that way for the sake of it, then I would. But I would say that none of them are that tier. There are other operations that I could probably come up with that probably are that tier. Ooh. Uh, on a list of all mathematical operations, even though it's essentially an infinite list, I would put those four probably pretty near the top. Okay. Okay. Well, what are some what are some crappy mathematical operations? Let's see. There. So, so I guess this this may just be like I'm just going to come at this from a mix of usefulness and just random things that come that come to mind. Okay. Can I can I give you one other uh, category that I want you to judge these on to help you <laughs> sure. decide which one? Which Go one just it. like. Which one just gets your goat and makes you angry and makes you want to just punt it off a cliff? Mm-hmm. So I would say um, an oper. So I- I'm going to be a bit more specific than an operation. This is kind okay. of more of like a function in a sense, mm-hmm. but you could call it an operation, is taking irrational roots of numbers. Mm. Okay, so you could take a square root of something or a third root or mm-hmm. a fourth root, or a fifth, et cetera, et cetera, right? Any integer, you can take that root. Mm-hmm. It's totally fine. But you could also take other roots. You could take fractional roots. You could take the five-halves root if you wanted to. Mm. But that's not really much of an extension. Like, like you can sort of argue... Like, like you can explain how, like, fifth roots work once you understand what a square root is. Mm-hmm. And you can get people to kind of abstract that away. And then once you make the connection between roots and exponents, then fractional roots, even though they aren't useful most of the time, you could still explain it and just be like, oh, arguing by analogy, it's clearly this is how it would work, right? Mm-hmm. And you could sort of figure it out this way. But anything irrational, so let's say you want to take the pith root of a number, uh, that becomes way trickier. Not because you can't argue it the same way. You still could but the mechanics of understanding how would that be computed at all is not clear. Mm-hmm. Right? You yeah. can estimate like the fifth root of a number if you wanted to. Like you could kind of go through the computation, but like pi is already such a tough number to deal with that like yeah, you could do some 
things, but even how do you really define it and get an actual number or value for it is tough to understand. And then how do you extend that to something that you can actually take a power of or take it as a power? Like it gets really confusing. And in terms of usefulness, I've never come across a time where I needed to take the pith root of something as far as I know, uh, maybe in some contrived problem, but mm-hmm. um, that's something that comes to mind. On the opposite end of the spectrum, though, is a fantastic operation called tetration. Tet ooh, tetration. This is the new T-E-T-R-A-T-I-O-N. favorite word of the week. T R A T I O N. Tetration. It is so addition or multiplication is repeated addition. Exponentiation is repeated multiplication. Tetration is repeated exponentiation. Whoa. Okay. So 3 to the power 3 is exponentiation. But you could also do 3 to the power of 3 to the power of 3 to the power of 3. Like you could do like, you know, towers of these powers, right? And that's when you get into tetration. And you can do towers of those towers. And like you can continue to nest these things. But the entire operation of like kind of nesting them and making them bigger and bigger towers or combining the towers is just kind of generally tetration. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and uh, a mathematician, computer scientist, Don Knuth, created a whole new notation for it called up arrow notation. Mm. So three followed by an up arrow followed by a three is three to the power three. But then three up arrow up arrow three, I think, is like three to the power three, but or three to the power three to the power three to the power, th- etc. Right. So you have a bunch of three stacked up on each other. Right. Mm-hmm. But the number of threes in the exponent are three to the power three threes, which is twenty-seven. So if and this is all off the top of my head, so I'm not even sure if I'm correct. Wikipedia could correct me, but three up arrow up arrow three would be as the same as doing three to the power of three to the power three, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, with twenty-seven threes in the exponents. Ooh, and that's tetration. And then you could do three up arrow up arrow up arrow three, oh, and yikes. you would get. Um, I think you would get, so you do that, that tower of threes, right? Uh Uh-huh. But the number of threes in that tower is three up arrow, up arrow, three threes. Yeah. Yikes. That's a big, right? That's that's already a massive, it it grows incredibly fast. So there's this whole, there's good number file videos on this and there's a constant called Graham's number that... Mm -hmm is commonly thought of as, like, one of the biggest numbers to be used constructively in a mathematical proof, like something that's useful, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was, a, it was an upper bound on a proof of something about how many dimensions some object would have to be to satisfy some property. And it basically did this, like, it was a function that had all these up arrows and stuff, and you would iterate this up arrow-ness thing like 64 times or something like that. And it wasn't even that there were 64 arrows before you got between the two numbers. It was like you would maybe start with a whole bunch of arrows and then you continue to iterate that over and over and over again. Like it's such a bit, it's, it's one of those many numbers that you could read about that is so big that if you tried to write down all of the digits, one per a- atom on the universe, you couldn't because there's too many mm. digits. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's so many, there's, I mean, there's like, Ten, the approximate number of atoms in the universe is 10 to the 80. 
Mm-hmm. So any number that has more than ten to the eighty digits can't be can't be stored in a useful way in the universe. Mm-hmm. Other than using like analogies and descriptions of rules and stuff, but you couldn't write down all the digits. It would be physically impossible. Wait, so you're saying my TI-84 Plus Silver Edition can't save this number as A? Um, I think it might have a little problem, but I think it often has trouble with pro- with numbers over like 12 digits, so. Oh, shucks. <laughs> I know, it's real disappointing. <laughs> I thought that thing was you magic. Spent, you, yeah, you spent $180 on that calculator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So what what led you to this grant? What led you to asking me about mathematical operations? <laughs> uh, I watched far more of a YouTube video than I should have. Um, <laughs> that was I watched it at two times the speed, so I feel less bad about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a a multi hour long live stream <laughs> of a YouTuber who does kind of home game chemistry stuff. And they did a live stream ranking all the elements, all of them. Okay. And it took (laughs) hours. Uh Uh-huh. And so they had like this Excel spreadsheet and they were ranking them and just kind of being a bit of a troll at times and like their placement of certain things. And it was just, it was very entertaining to watch and to see kind of some of the logic that went on. And I was curious, I'm like, there's gotta be something analogous to like, mathy sort of things and so i was like yo i just want to see how this would go if i get mark started on this like is he gonna get heated about any of these operators or like or operations or is like he just gonna be like okay yeah here they are well i think what's hard about this is like you know i can try and explain some of the operations to you or to our general audience or whatever but like yeah you're not going to be as invested in this as you are about ranking the periodic table of elements but I was still surprisingly invested in this. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure that there are more things that I could care about. Like, you know, integration is an operation. So is differentiation. Mm-hmm. So you can get to those like really good high tier things, right? Mm-hmm. But you could also just make up arbitrary operation. Like we do all this time when you're teaching kids like the concept of an operation. That, like, no, there's nothing special about the plus sign, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you could just define A, um, like, A ampersand B, and define the ampersand to say, take 2A and subtract 3B. Like, you can just mm-hmm. define that operation. Like, who cares? So, so that's the thing with math is, like, you mm-hmm. can arbitrarily define all these operations. doesn't mean that any of them, any of them will become useful, uh, but you can also abstract the notion of an operation, right? Mm-hmm. So when we talk about addition, we're typically talking about addition of two real or eventually learned complex numbers. Mm-hmm. But there's just a more, there's a more general collection of objects in math called a group, where the entire point of a group is that you have a set of things, and those things, there's an operation that's defined on those things, such that if you take two things and you do an operation, you get an, you get another thing in your set. And there are some other you know, caveats there, but that's kind of the very basic thing of a group, right? Mm-hmm. And so an example of a group is, let's say you label the vertices of a square, A, B, C, and D, and then you, uh, and you like order them. So you, so you have A, B, C, D, 
that's one element of the group. Mm-hmm. But then you reflect the vertices across like a diagonal, right? And all of a sudden, now you have A, D, C, B, for example, you could do. Mm-hmm. So that's a new element in your group. And you could create a create a group made up of all of the configurations of vertices that you can get by reflecting or rotating a square. And that forms a group. And so... Mm-hmm. You may think you could think of this as like, oh, it's it's an operation, like like rotating and reflecting, like those are both operations in this context. Mm-hmm. But you can also abstract that away and say, oh, this group, you can actually make it look exactly like this other group. If you say A B C D, that list of vertices is equivalent to this other element in this other set or this other group. Um, and, and so that's like a, that's the tough thing is like the periodic table of elements. Mm-hmm. There is, you know, in a sense, there's a sort of, I mean, you could tell me if I'm wrong, but like not naively, you can just keep adding protons to your nucleus and just keep making new elements. But in reality, there's a sort of limit to what's actually doable there. Right. Yeah. There's kind of, or at least we think there's practical limits. Yeah. Yeah. And if nothing else, there's certainly stability limits in trying to make them exist in the real world in a way that you can actually say, yep, we made that. That's a thing now. Mm-hmm. But in math, mm-hmm. like, you can do both things. You can either continually add add new operations because nobody's going to stop you. Doesn't, that doesn't mean anybody will care, but you can do it. <laughs> or you abstract things away so much that your specific operation of addition on integers or real numbers or whatever right? Mm-hmm. Addition on these specific things becomes this operation on just a generic set of things and you uh, care about it at that level. Uh-huh. So I guess, I guess in chemistry, that'd be equivalent of saying, not, not the equivalent, but maybe the closest thing would be saying, instead of ranking the elements, I'm going to rank the uh, groups of elements, right? So each column or whatever, yeah. as, at, at, you know, or as much as that is quite accurate. But each each section of those elements that are vaguely related, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you could so you could care about them more in that way, like oh, we care about these general properties more than we care about this mm-hmm. is hydrogen and this is whatever else is below hydrogen. I've already forgotten things, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, I put addition near the top. Integration mm-hmm. is, but this thing, integration is fancy addition in a sense. <laughs> Ooh, uh, I like that way of putting it. It's fancy addition. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a lot of things come down to that when you really care about it, you know. <laughs> addition with a monocle and a top hat. Exactly. I can't think of any of that. I can't think of any operations that I've come across that actually make me angry <laughs> or anything mm-hmm. that I'm like upset exist or anything. The notations may suck, but I can't think of like an actual operation off the top of my head that would frustrate me. Well, notation sucking is a valid, I think that's a valid reason to hate something. Like there's elements that many chemists hate just because their symbols are dumb. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Like tin, I hate tin. Yeah, yeah. Tin is a perfect example. It's a perfectly good element. Except it's got a crappy symbol. Uh-huh. Uh. And it, it cuts both ways. Like, okay, well, tungsten's great anyway. hmm But, come on, that symbol, though, it's just Is fire. W? 
I'm 95% sure. Okay. <laughs> Just kind of had to make sure. <laughs> okay, I need to find... I probably won't include all this in it, but I need to find this post because it's a very involved answer that uh, I found on Math Stack Exchange about... And, and, and fittingly, it's a very mathematical explanation of quote-unquote good notation in that it specifically says mathematical notation in a given mathematical field x is a correspondence uh, between the set of well-formed expressions and the set of abstract objects in x (laughs) oh god i'll give it the good old lookity-loo it it was very interesting And, and like you could probably make a similar argument that's made in here about like you know chemical symbols and stuff like that Mm -hmm. in like the uh Basically, some of the main things of uh, he lays out eight properties of notation, mm-hmm. and, and it's you can kind of combine some of them. But there is unambiguity, right? So within a field, you don't want within a specific field, you don't want two symbols to mean two or, or one symbol to mean multiple things, mm-hmm. right? Like it would sure stink if W, in the context of you know that you're working with chemical symbols, also happen to mean something else, mm-hmm. but you don't have to worry about the fact that W stands for work in physics because you're probably not going to be dealing with that at the same time. Then there's expressiveness, which is the typical issue of like, oh, why does why is AU and AG my things for gold and silver? You know, it doesn't really remind me of that. So that's like a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, preservation of quality is one <laughs> thing. Uh, which chemi- chemical symbols don't have to worry about. Error correction and detection may not also may not be totally applicable, but like if you look at a mathematical expression, in theory, the notation should help you notice if something's off in the math that you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, suggestiveness. So if you have two, Ooh. so this this doesn't quite work in chemistry, but in math, it's like if two notations are similar, then ideally. Or actually, if two objects are similar in math, then ideally the notations that represent them are also similar. Yeah. Like, it would be pretty hot garbage if a regular derivative and a partial derivative look nothing alike. Mm-hmm. Or even worse, like you look or you look at, let's say, addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. The standard symbols oh. for those are actually all very similar. Oh. But imagine if they were, like, completely arbitrary, like addition was a plus sign and subtraction looked like an integral sign, and then multiplication was, like, a <laughs> cylinder. Like, it wouldn't Ooh. make any sense. Like, it wouldn't help you, right? Yeah. And you don't think about those things, but, like, it is kind of nice that they're related. Mm-hmm. Um, and then similarly, transformation, which is actually similar to the suggestiveness of, like, um, ideally, if you were to manipulate no, re- manipulate an object... Ideally, the notation that represents that or uh, would be represented mm-hmm. in a similar way. Hmm. So those are the aspects of mathematical notation as Terence Tao describes, <laughs> if anyone's interested. Yeah, those are interesting concepts that are like, many of them are somewhat transferable if you think of it mm-hmm. in the right way. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Yeah, that is a very mathy way to put it, though. Uh-huh. All of the <laughs> my my quick skimming is like yeah this was written by a mathy person yes yes uh, okay I think I've uh, used up far more of this time than I deserved <laughs> yeah 
It was fun. I enjoyed it. Well, I'm glad. Hopefully listeners do too. Actually, I don't really care if they do. We'll just keep rolling to In the Sticks by Nathan Cooper, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So we got, we set the scene. We got uh, two beings in some sort of, a, a some sort of vehicle, like maybe a, I don't know, like a, the vehicle doesn't matter, actually. So just know that there's a dude sitting behind a steering wheel and there's a bird. Bird flies in to the vehicle. I've got a slight problem. I was talking to the lady on the internet. She wants to meet, but she doesn't know I'm a bird. Guy at the wheel in a cool looking visor turns to the bird and says, who does she think she's talking to? They stare at each other for a moment and the bird taps the guy on the back as he slumps over the steering wheel and the bird says, trim that unibrow because you got a date. Oh, jeez, he says as his head is buried in his arms over the steering wheel. Oh, yikes. Where are we going with this? <laughs> anyway, I don't like it. What's Mark putting me on blast about this week? Honestly, I can't even remember what I wanted to talk about. I read this comic and thought that it was funny, and without even thinking further than that, I put it in the document. <laughs> oh, good. Thank God. <laughs> I mean, maybe I did have an idea, but I've promptly forgotten it. Because my idea was so entertaining and enthralling. Mm-hmm. It was. I really killed it this week. I think you did. Almost like the bird killing that dude's soul. As he learns he's got to go on a date. Or you killing the game. Yeah. It all comes back to that. Ooh, we're I think, coming I think full we circle it. this week. We, we have. I was just going to say that. I think uh, we don't even need to do anything else. Do we How ever do that? can you not be satisfied with the way that we just finished? You better be, or else you're not allowed to listen anymore, listeners. If you're not satisfied, you're done. We'll come you're and delete off. the show from your podcast player. Watch it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll find you. It's a warning to you. Watch your back. Give us money. It sure would be a, it sure would be a shame if someone were to uh burn down that podcast player you had. Mm-hmm.